everyone, and welcome to the 159th episode of Kingdom Hearts Union. I'm your host, Brandon, and I'm here with Churro. Hi, guys. And Sabrina. Hi, guys. It's been a while. Uh, yeah, sorry. It's, it's been a while. It's been a while in a day. Yeah. Guys, I have something very important to tell you. Oh, no. What is What's it? That? As of the recording of this episode, which, um, just for reference, uh, I- I'm doing this based on the fact that it is November 18th here in Japan. Um, as of the recording of this episode, we are now 72 days away from the release of Kingdom Hearts 3. Nice. Oh my god. I can't believe it. It's getting too close. It's getting too real. Yeah, it's getting really real about this. And yeah. I have well, how many more episodes of recording do we have before Kingdom Hearts 3 is out? There's quite a few. I think maybe uh, five, six, uh, something like that. Five or six. So uh, th- there'll definitely be a lot more Kingdom Hearts Union in, ad- in advance of the release. So definitely stay tuned with that. We'll help you get through this time, this very trying time of waiting. You know, we- we've made the joke in advance that like, Square Enix is mostly a company that just announces games and they just release games on the side to keep the lights on. <laughs> this is this is that time where they release a game <laughs> to keep the lights on. Here it is. Yeah, so I can't I can't believe it. You know, after after 10,000 years, I'm free. It's time to conquer Earth. That's a uh, Rita Repulsa from Power Rangers. Anyway, for you new folks, Kingdom Hearts Union is part of the part uh, part of the podcast series called Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts Union, and is presented by the Gaming Union Network. We release every Tuesday, rotating each week with Final Fantasy Union, and we come out on the iTunes Store, KingdomHeartsUnion.com, and Kingdom Hearts Union's Twitter, which is at KHUnion. In the way of our show today, we have a two-segment show. We got our news segment, and our question segment. In the way of announcements, as always, if you guys like the show, please consider supporting us on Patreon at patreon.com slash ffkhunion. Our Patreon executive producers are as follows. We have Blue Machine, who is at Blue Machine on Twitter. Joseph Robertson, Pokemon Trainer, who is at Pokemon Trainer J. Louis James. Keith Field, who is at The Mighty Keith. Nahika Blowy. Billy Jackson, who is at underscore billy jackson barry norton who is at nortron zero and sappy if you take these next few okay we got mike uh we got chris morales uh we got ishba uh alaya at red I- ayala ayala oh gosh it's so, so ayala ayala at red peppers eric decker at choco taco vita nitas michael graham rob porter at squirty birdie one Thorin Bullen at Massacre23. And Churro, if we could take these last ones. We got Tobias Kepi at the Tobias Kepi. Zach Duranto at ZDuranto58. Tori Patrick. Chris Pope at Dr. Pope181. Miles Ribbons. Mohammed Quayam. David Calro. Rachel Casterston at Oboyun Ray. Mike Shirley Donnelly at Curious Quail. Zelda clone at Apes Type Novels and Darren Matthews at Doomster seventy three. And be a part of the show. Send us your questions to khuquestions at gmail dot com. In the way of the deep dive stream, it'll be coming back 
on November 23rd at 8 p.m. Eastern time. Is that a Friday? I think. That's Black Friday. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see how that goes. Uh, I think I, I might have plans on that day. I don't know. But we'll we'll, we'll make it work. Because, guys, we're starting Dream Drop Distance. Yay! <gasps> oh, wow. Yay. You're almost there, Brandon. Almost Got there. this. So, yeah, just, just to catch anybody up that hasn't been keeping up so far. So, uh, two streams ago, we wrapped up Birth by Sleep, but we did not do the secret episode. And that is on purpose. We will, we did not do the secret episode, and last stream, we watched all of Recoded, but we did not watch the second new secret ending. That is also on purpose. We will watch that in due time. So, the way this is going to happen is we're going to play through starting now, or starting uh, next Friday-ish. We're going to play through all of Dream Drop Distance. Once we've completed Dream Drop Distance, we will watch the second secret ending of uh, Recoded. And then, right before we play uh, 0.2, actually, no, actually, after that, so after we watch the secret ending, then we're going to watch back cover. Y'all watch that with you guys. <laughs> we're going to watch, we're going to watch back cover. And then once we've watched back cover, the last stream will most likely be us playing the secret episode of Earth by Sleep, which is technically 0.1. And then we will play 0.2, and then we'll be ready. Yay! So, uh, you know, the reasons for this is trying to make sure that it flows nicely without one game or movie or whatever spoiling the next one because they all released not chronologically, so we we just don't want to ruin anything. Also, reason why we're doing um, back cover before 0.2 is because... Why the heck they put that back cover opening in front of 0.2 for literally no reason? True. We we talked about we 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 talked about it when we reviewed it, but like still, it's still a thing. I mean, again, doesn't add anything, doesn't take anything away either. But I'm just like, it would make it would at least have meaning. It would at least have some meaning if you watch back cover first. So we're going to watch back cover first. So when that scene does come up, we'll be like, oh, I know what that is. And then instantly go to something for completely unrelated for the following three to four hours. And then never and not come back to that first thing. You know, pacing. That's guys. crazy. Mm-hmm. Sounds crazy. Uh, it sounds, <laughs> sounds like something no more might have written. But anyway. So that that's gonna be the next deep dive stream. Please join us. Be there or be square. Enix. Anyway, moving on to the news segment. Yay, oh news. Oh we have a gosh. lot of news. Just so we much. Have, we have too much news. <laughs> Alright, so um surprising maybe some of you, but uh I'm I'm still like on team uh, slightly I told you so maybe. But uh at XO eighteen, Kingdom Hearts three was there. Yay! And it had Yay. a big old trailer, which was, I think it was like, wasn't it only like a minute? Minute it was like a minute. No, no. It was I think it was like really short. Minute and some change. 
Yeah, minute and some change. Yet, in that minute and some change, oh my goodness, they showed so much. You know, it's it's all about uh, quality versus uh, quantity, and it was a very, uh, very much in the terms of quality, a very high quality. So, uh, first big scene. Oh my goodness, my heart! It 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 hasn't doki dokied like this in years. Uh, by the way, doki doki is the onomatopoeia for um, heartbeats in Japan. I'm sure if you're a big old anime nerd, you probably already knew that, but. I just wanted to let y'all know that. So yeah, the the tangled scene, the the la- the tangled lantern scene was shown, and oh my goodness, it's one of my favorite like, scenes ever. It looks just like the movie. I know it's so great. Yeah, oh man, it's so good. That said, if it was me, I would have added one light to that scene, and it would just be one little accent light that is off-screen that's near the boat, just so that there's a little bit of backlighting for uh, or, or I guess in the case of the perspective of the camera, there would be a little light hitting Flynn's cheek, because if you see in the movie, they did that, and there's no reason they can't do that in Kingdom Hearts 3. Just saying. Anyway, so moving on. You're so picky. <laughs> I'm so picky. But, the other thing that I really liked about that scene is the scene shown instantly after that of Sora, Donald, and Goofy on the shore looking up at all the land and Sora being like, Whoa! and I'm just like, oh my god, that's so cute. I know. That's one of my favorite. That's one of my favorite shots in the trailer, which we'll be getting to some of other people's favorite shots very shortly, judging by all the memes. Um, moving on from there, a lot of stuff for Winnie the Pooh was shown. Uh, this was largely a Winnie the Pooh uh, focused trailer. Um, we kind of already knew. Well. I don't know if we ever like specifically talked about it because we said we wouldn't talk about the leak. But last year, when there was a whole bunch of stuff leaking, uh, we said there was a whole bunch more movies that were kind of leaked that weren't just the Monsters Inc. stuff that were in the uh, in the server that people found. And there was a lot of stuff in there that seemed to refer to Winnie the Pooh stuff. And hey, here it is. <laughs> Turns out that was real too. Basically, everything that came out of there has been real so far. Monsters yeah, yeah, Frozen, that's... Winnie the Pooh. Yep. All but, of like, it. I'm not mad about Winnie the Pooh because I knew it's kind of like was going to be there. Anyways. Yeah, it, it was going to be there. Um, but but, like... but it was funny because when the Frozen stuff was shown, they didn't even post anything from Frozen because they looked at it and saw it was just movie ass assets. Yep. And it's yep, like exactly. it turns out like the footage was actually looks exactly like the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the thing is, um, as far as my understanding is, again, with the uh, going back to what the nature of the link, what uh, the leak was, uh, the server was actually property of an outsource company in China, specifically in Taiwan, that um, Square Enix uses uh, for assistance on Kingdom Hearts Three. So the reason they had all those like movie assets and like. Uh, they also had like a bunch of images of like, for example, for Toy Story stuff, they had a lot of example images of toys, uh, not not screenshots from the game, not like shots of any of the assets, like no- nothing like that, like but actual like, you know, went on Google image search, found some pictures of like chi- childlike toys. Specifically, there was a lot of toys referenced that were from a like preschool age, like preschool age children toys 
which we saw later, I believe, in like the E3 trailer around, or, or maybe a little earlier than that, where in the Toy Story area, there's that one big boss fight with, with all in like that preschool area kind of thing with, with all the floating toys. So basically, stuff for that was had had photos there. All of that is reference for the 3D modelers. So when when somebody is going to 3D model something uh, prior to actually modeling it, what they're going to do is once they've got the call to like, oh, you know, we need some like toys like this, they'll go online and find a bunch of reference images of things that they will uh, base their model on, and then they can use that you know, in the production pipeline, maybe send the, that reference to, you know, Square Enix and be like, Hey, you know, we're thinking of making things like this, this, and this, like, is that cool? And, you know, prior to actually making the model, you know, you know, all of the work they would have done up to that point was just Google image search. So if Square Enix rejects some things, that's totally fine. Like it's, it's not a big deal, no big loss. So that's, that's most likely why they had that. And then in terms of Churro, what you were saying with like the movie assets, like, you know, of course they're going to need that for making, for making frozen stuff. Cause you know, they want to make it look like the movie. So, you know, got to use the movie if you want to make it look like the movie, of course. So, mm-hmm. so that explains that. Um, yeah, other than that, like, uh, I guess like the kind of big thing was shows there was a heffalump in it. Yeah. The first, first hashtag confirmed heffalump in, uh, <laughs> in Kingdom Hearts. I, oh, I actually want to ask you, Brandon. Um, yeah. Like, this, how do you feel about like the look of how Winnie the Pooh's world? Okay. So, I wa- <laughs> yeah, I wanted to get into that. Yeah, of course. So I think it looks pretty good. I think it looks pretty good, and I think uh, we'll get to it in a little bit. I think specifically in some of the screenshots, it actually looks a lot better than it did in the trailer. So you know, we'll see how it goes. I mean, for all we know, those those screenshots could be bull shots, but um, I I get what they're going for. They're trying to make it more uh, storybook style. Yeah, that's what I was getting from it too. Yeah, so they're trying to go a little bit more storybook. Make it a little bit more pastel-y, which, you know, I get that. That's cool. Um, I think in some of the shots, it looks a little washed out because of that. Like, it's not quite selling the look. And instead of it coming off as like, oh, they're going for the storybook, in the, in the scenes that it feels washed out, it feels like, oh, this is a 3D model that's being washed out because they, like, didn't crank their effect, like, quite with quite the quite the right values so but do you think they had to do that because like how the parts world is there's so many more elements onto that that yeah. you have to differentiate like the different worlds yeah. so you know it all comes back to way back in the day when Namor was talking about kingdom shader which you know is something he doesn't really like mention anymore because it's not their engine anymore but that same that same idea still holds was that even back then, you know, the whole idea for Kingdom Hearts 3 was that each world was going to get its own special treatment in terms of uh, material design and shaders and to, to make sure that everything is rendered in a way that is faithful to the movie. So in the case of, like, the CG films, like, it takes on more of a standard look because Unreal Engine 4's, like, default look kind of already looks like a CG movie. And then with, like, Pirates of the Caribbean, they tend it more towards realism. And then, you know, in the case of Winnie the Pooh, they try to make it more, 
soft and 2D and they add an outline to it. I think what's really interesting to me, and Churro, you might remember this from like a really old Nomura interview, is that back in the day when Nomura was talking about Kingdom Hearts 1, you know, you got to remember that at this time, you know, a lot of stylized games were coming out. Uh, you know, on the Dreamcast, you had things like uh, Jet Grind Radio on Xbox Jet Shut Radio Future. You know, a lot of like cell shaded games were coming out at that Especially time. Especially like Wind Waker too. Like Wind yeah, Waker, Wind Waker, like, yeah, Wind Waker one. as well. And Nomura like specifically went out of his way to say, you know, we're specifically not doing cell shading, and this isn't cell shading what they're doing now. You know, uh, what they have going on here, like the only thing that kind of feels like cell shading is the outline. But I just find it interesting that, you know, now that we're, you know, however many years later, 15-ish years later, that now it almost feels a little bit like he's kind of going back on that idea and like revisiting that and being like, well, maybe for Winnie the Pooh it makes sense. Which I I can I can get that because you know Winnie the Pooh is more of a childlike thing and it's it originated as a storybook so you know having that hand drawn or more hand drawn feeling kind of adds to it I think um, yeah I think like in the case of like the screenshots there's one screenshot specifically of Rabbit uh, whispering into Sora's ear I think that is the Winnie the Pooh world's best look so far, like in terms of like the art style. Uh, and I think it's mostly because um, it's not that washed out <laughs> and it's actually kind of dark. Like you can see a lot of definition in like rab- rabbit's fur and like a lot of shading under that. And I think if they dialed it in just a little bit to be a little less on the washed out side, it might work nicer, but I think overall it is, it is nice, but um yeah, there's just something about it that doesn't quite look yeah. right. I'm, I'm, I'm sure they're gonna adjust it again. Mm-hmm. Like they've done, yeah, they've been doing with other things. Yeah, there's still time for sure. Um, the one thing I'm things... really excited for yeah. though is like the yeah. the front of the cover of the book. Oh yeah, I've I can't wait to loved, see. Love, love that. Like it was like the smallest thing that was in the game, but I love always the. I look mean, of yeah, that book. that's. Like, I mean, at the end of the day, when it comes to Winnie the Pooh, like, you have, like, Winnie the Pooh stuff, it's, you know, it's always optional. Yeah. But if you go through it, if you stick it out through that, you know, you you gotta wait for the promise of that cover. Because that cover is, like, the icing on the cake. Exactly. So great. There's one thing that I am a little bit worried about with Winnie the Pooh, and it's with regards to the story of this Winnie the Pooh world. Mm -hmm. Um... And I'm reminded of a, a SpongeBob meme when it comes to this. <laughs> when it comes to this, but okay. So basically, my issue comes from Sora being like, "Don't worry, don't worry, Pooh. I'll be right here from now on." And he pokes his little heart, and I'm like, "Wait a second. Hasn't that been the lesson that Winnie the Pooh's been learning in all of the Winnie the Pooh?" world so far and it just reminds me of that one spongebob episode where all the 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 crowd looks at the old man and he's and they're like how many times do we have to keep teaching you this lesson old man and he's like (laughs) oh i love young people (laughs) that's that's how i feel about winnie the pooh how many times do we have to keep teaching you this lesson silly old bear 
Like, we're here, okay? It's, that it's was the seems, lesson in Kingdom Hearts 1. And it seems that's something that always happened in the book. First it was torn pages, and the book gets yep. scratched. Now and it gets scratched again. again. It's like, what's gonna happen? Like, is that is that all it is? Is it just that he forgot again? Oh, I don't man. know. Who knows? If he forgot so, again, I'd be really sad. I was like, okay, we the poo. You gotta stop. Yeah, so I'm just gonna be like cautiously optimistic and just think that maybe there's like a, a a different kind of twist to it this time but if it's just the same kind of story again but with different events like if, if the message is the same but it just happens to be you know happening during kingdom hearts three times i'm not going to be particularly happy about this world and i'll kind of be for the first time disappointed by the winnie the pooh world but I'm hoping that there'll be a twist to it that I'm not expecting that'll take it in a slightly different direction. That's my hope. I, I have no reason to believe that it won't, will or won't be different, but that's just what I'm thinking about. Uh, moving on from there, I guess like the next biggest thing, at least for me, was that um, uh, Master Xehanort's new English voice has finally been revealed I wanted to know what you guys thought of it. It was it, it's weird at first, but yeah, it yeah. it's going to grow on you after. Yeah, 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 after for sure. We hear okay. like more from his lines. Yeah, I, I'm with you there. That's that's kind of my my take on it so far. The first time I heard it, I cringed. After watching it a couple of times, I'm like, all right, it's it's kind of growing on me. I could see how this could work. I mean, it's uh, just the fact that there's nobody that's going to pull off a voice. Yeah, as, you know, Skeety is. Leonard Nimoy's, you know, yeah, everyone's gonna have to accept that, no matter. Yeah, know, there's nothing really that they can do. Yeah, no, his voice is just unique as it is, so there's really no one that can replicate that. So, but then I've been seeing a lot of people say that they've been hearing a little bit of Mark Hamill in it. Oh, uh, I don't think it's him, but well, we'll we'll have to see how how it goes. Um, so in terms of. Masters and Orts English voice. I think having listened listened to it a few times now, I'm less uh concerned with the casting. I think the casting's good. I think he can do it. It's it's a little like it it feels like Xehanort. It just feels like Xehanort, but not as intense, not as gravelly. Yeah, yeah for me, it sounds like a younger Xehanort. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is exactly. Old exactly. And I, he actually sounds younger, which uh, most likely is the case. I, I, I seriously doubt they got another like ninety-year-old person to do the voice. Um, but yeah, that's so, so. That's that's one thing. I would say the other thing, and this is more of a concern of the whole trailer. Um, not really with um, like uh, on the main character side, but mostly on the villain side. Um, a lot of bad line delivery in this trailer. Uh, specifically, uh, there's Terra's Terra Xehanort in his little line. I forget what it was, but he was like yelling at Lingering Will. He's like, "Who are you? Yeah, who who are you?" And it's like, <laughs> it's like that is that's really a weird way to deliver that line. I also felt. Master Xehanort's line at the end also had that problem. And I think that would be my only criticism 
my that, that's my only real criticism that I took away of Xehanort's performance was not the casting. It was the performance of the line. Like the voice is good. He sounds like he could, he is probably, you know, a good actor and I'm sure he's like probably a prominent uh, voice actor, but I think it's more like the direction has not been the strongest. And that's kind of been an issue with kingdom hearts since kingdom hearts two. So and then also watching the Japanese version of the trailer where at least it does, it sounds good to me. It's just like, dang, why can't we get like better voice direction in, in kingdom hearts these days? What's the problem? Or, I mean, it's not, it's not even just kingdom hearts. Like even like the final fantasy 15 English version had some, some spottiness in it. Like there's some definitely high points, a lot of good points. I think my main issue is not that it's, uh generally bad it's that it's really inconsistent like there's some stuff that's good and some stuff that's not so good like is it just not possible to do dubs well like is is that are you always like if you do a dub is it are, are there always going to be just parts that are weird and feel unnatural is it just impossible to avoid if so why did why was it the kingdom hearts is kingdom hearts one why was that game's voice direction so on point why was the translation of that so good why isn't it like that anymore like i i get like there's only so much you could do with the writing of this game and like it's gotten a lot more complicated and i'm sure a lot of the actors don't really know about the kingdom Hearts story so maybe when it comes out of their mouth when they say these things they don't really believe it or they don't really get it so they're just like reading the lines i don't know where it's coming from i'm just saying like a lot of the deliveries in this thing come off really unnatural. That's just my overall criticism of the English voice cast. So, or not voice cast voice acting so far. And it could be, it could be an acting thing. It could be a direction thing. It could be uh Hey, this is dubs. Dubs are weird. And it could be a writing thing. It, you know, it could be a lot of things that is giving me this awkward feeling, but um, I don't know. That's just my concern. Do you, how, how do you guys feel about, just the English voice acting of this game in general so far, you know, does it come off as awkward to you? Do you think it's fine? Do you see nothing wrong with it? I mean, I think it's like, I think the, I think the way they cut part of the trailer on okay, certain that, that's lines. A, that's another, that's another big part is yeah. the uh, audio editing of, of these trailers is abysmal. It is terrible, and I think it's because of probably some contract they have with Utada is anytime they play her music in a trailer, they cannot have sound effects as well. They can only put voice acting over it, and it mm-hmm. sounds god-awful, uh, especially in a scene. We'll talk about it later, but a scene with uh, from Pirates of the Caribbean of Jack and Davy Jones fighting, that line sounds horrible in this trailer. It would have sat, but with proper uh sound effects and like y- you know the the sound of the wind and sound of the waves and proper echo and like proper noise balance and sound design with all of that it would have sounded perfect mm-hmm. like the actual lines were fine it was how this trailer was edited and i think it's edited this way out of necessity because uh in their you know most likely in their contract with utada they're probably you know forced to not 
have include that much sound in it right yeah just to like they, so you know they can only do voices over it not sound yeah. effects and it sounds awful and I, I don't know some people are acting like this is the first time that they've done this no they've been doing this at least since kingdom hearts dream drop distance at least since then uh it might have been earlier i'd have to go back and like actually look but like there's just something about the way these lines sound that they just do not work over this music and they need rescuing with sound effects. I mean, it's it's only going to get worse as, as it goes on, especially if they keep putting in, you know, don't think twice. Oh, yeah, and then, like, face my fears. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, the full voice acting, the most part... It's fine, but without the proper sound effects and everything, and it only makes yeah, it sound it's, bad. It's hard so, to judge. It's really hard to. I mean, some lines come out as really awkwardy and dorky, but like majority of the time, they're to me it sounds fine. Yeah, I'd say so too. And I'd say also, like I was really worried about uh, Haley Joel Osment's performance in this, especially since it's you know it's been a while since he's done like a big Sora role, and like the more of these trailers that come out the more confident i feel in his performance like he sounds really good like yeah he sounds much better yeah lately and pretty much every delivery that i've heard of him it sounds good so i'm really excited for that like i've never had issue with david gallagher ever he's always been perfect yeah he's great no, no concerns with him he's always very solid very consistent uh allison stoner she she has her moments where it's a little bit too much like i would say in 0.2 she was good but she had a couple of lines that were maybe a little bit too like cartoony for Kyrie. like Kyrie's kind of i mean part of it's the writing like you know she she's written to be a little bit more goofy in in 0.2 but i think also the performance was a little bit too exaggerated in some places but you know this was that was probably just a quick recording so is it confirmed that it's her now it's her oh okay uh i I think it wasn't uh, there might have been like something on like on her on her instagram or something or snapchat or something where i see she may have been there recording Mm. it's it's her so for me personally i'm fine with it i i kind of prefer her i think she sounds more like Kingdom Hearts 1 Kyrie to me than Hayden Panettiere did. So mm-hmm. just, just an unfortunate situation. But I think, you know, in terms of like, you know, in terms of being a replacement, I think you couldn't ask for a better one than Allison Stoner. She's awesome. All right. It's time. Let's talk about Hayner's super kick. <laughs> I just, oh my God. I can't believe it just got, uh, oh, that's I, love it I, I love it and I hate thing, it. I love it and I hate it. The best thing ever. Be- is the best and worst thing ever. Yeah. Hey, loser! My like, God. honestly, I didn't think the Twilight Town kids were going to get this much attention at all. Like, but it's great. Yeah. Like, they, were, they were kind of an afterthought in Kingdom Hearts yeah. 2. But yet here, it's like, it, we, we haven't even played the game, and already they're becoming, like, the meme, you know, of Kingdom Hearts Yeah, they're, they're definitely the meme squad. <laughs> yeah, oh, they're the God. meme squad. I just can't believe it's... He's doing the super kick against the final boss from Kingdom Hearts 1. Yeah. Like, put that into context. It's just like, <laughs> what is going on in this game? I don't get it. Well, remember, remember, Axel made Hainer look like a chump in Kingdom Hearts 2, so he's trying to, uh, yeah. you know, he's trying to make sure it doesn't happen again. I know. Hainer, you don't know who you kicking. <laughs> so- I, I, I just want to, I just want to, like, 
know what was the thought process behind that scene just oh like were they were they just in like a meeting and tomorrow's like we need some more disney style comedy in our game that's a little much like, oh hey let's oh, make hater try to kick you know xehanort's heartless you know what they say kick me once kick me twice kick me three times kudasai Stop it! You nailed that one. You nailed that one. That's 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 what I want his response to be. Oh my god! I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The one that got me the most with that Mm -hmm. meme was when he they put him in the Mulan. (laughs) Like, oh yeah, I was like, that's amazing. Uh, my favorite was yeah. uh, the selfie one where Sora's doing the selfie thing and <laughs> yeah, also you see Kater coming right behind her. <laughs> oh, the one I great. just sent you guys earlier before the show, that was fun. I love that one. Oh my god. Alright, I'm just saying, like, they they have to make a Hainer super kick medal in Union Cross and it's gotta be, like, the most powerful broken medal ever. Like, I need I need a Hainer super kick medal in Union Cross, please. Please and thank you, Square Enix. So, moving on from there, uh, let's get into stuff I would consider quite spoilery. But anyway, um, they showed this crazy reflective cloud land featuring Chirithi and Sora and Sora clones. And Sora's, like, talking to Chirithi and being like, don't worry, I'll be your friend. And then Chirithi's like, what? That, that's Chirithi's yeah, this is screwing up. <laughs> yeah. Also, well, he hey. was saying that he'll come visit Chirithi because they're friends oh, yeah. now. There you go. <laughs> it's just so 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 funny because you know how Sora's sky in Japanese and he's in yep. the sky place. He's in Skyland, so maybe he's, this he's is... within himself. He could be, yeah, he could be within himself. Um, and then uh, yeah, so there's like really interesting, like weird, trippy gameplay that they're showing there. Uh, moving on further to more spoilery, spoilery stuff. A big spoilery, spoilery scene featuring many, many heartless nobody and unversed in a massive battle featuring Sora, Donald, Goofy, Riku, Mickey, and Kyrie. Oh, and Axel. <laughs> so if you count that, that's Sora 1, Donald 2, Goofy 3, Riku 4, Mickey 5, Axel 6, Kyrie 7. Hey, that's seven characters that are on the light side. Oh, remember the whole seven lights thing? Oh, remember the fact that they didn't say they all had to be Keyblade wielders? Oh, yeah. Maybe those are the seven lights, I don't know. <laughs> Wow, nice theory there. You're just so I'm just, I'm just, th- <laughs> just throwing it out there. Just throwing it out there. I'm just saying. So, uh, yeah, and then the last shot of that was basically uh, the camera rotating around Sora, Donald, and Goofy. And then what's really neat is that right as they cut, the camera is landing right behind Sora, Donald, and Goofy as if to seamlessly transition into gameplay, uh, which we have seen them do as of Tokyo Game Show 2018 uh, during the uh, Dark Aqua versus Sora fight. Uh, they had a little cutscene there, and then the camera seamlessly transitioned from cutscene into gameplay, which 
I really love. That's so, so cool. cool. I love that. It is the coolest. Such like remember, cool remember, uh, like remember, remember, remember Kingdom Hearts two. Remember that. <laughs> Yeah, and when you get to the point, I will try to remember what you're trying to say to me. Oh, yeah. So, remember remember Kingdom Hearts 2, and they would always, like, all right, cutscene, right? And then fade to black, right? And then it's like, they would always do this weird... Like, panning motion? It was like, panning motion around Sora, Donald, and Goofy, and then they would have the info in the top corner. Like, what to do, yeah. Then it would transition into the fight. I always hated that. It was just like, oh, it takes me out of it. Just go... Just, like, go from cutscene to the fight. Just don't worry about it. Like, just like how Kingdom Hearts 1 used to do it. But then, no, they gotta give you, like, a second to breathe and get your bearings and then tell you how to beat the boss. Thanks, in-game Brady's games. I don't need that. Go away. But now, it's all seamless. It's just, like... It's nice. So nice. It's like it's just, like, a satisfying thing. Like, that's all it is. Exactly. You could just, like make like this a youtube compilation just like you know of like people like slicing butter very slowly or whatever or like cut cutting play-doh into like very even thin pieces yep. and be like the satisfying <laughs> most sat top 10 satisfying things compilation and then like the last one would be like a seamless transition from a cutscene in kingdom hearts 3 <laughs> into the battle it's like oh it feels so good mm-hmm. it's like my it's the new asmr just like transition into battle <laughs> oh man that's that's the best so uh so that that was shown i think that's cool um also just shout out to waiting all this time to play this um this you know if this turns out to be the crowd battle of this game holy crap we have gone so far in technology compared to the ps2 yeah because like Back on the PS2 days, when we had the big old Thousand Heartless battle in in Kingdom Hearts 2, like, most of those Soldier Heartless, like, I'm talking all but 20 at any one point, were just these, like, flat cardboard cutout, like, animated, basically animated GIFs on the horizon. And, like, as you got close to them, they would instantly swap out with 3D models. Now... There is most likely some of that going on here, like most likely a, a more um, modern version of that. You know, maybe not 2D sprites necessarily, but probably like very low quality 3D models in the distance. You know, there's most likely something like that going on here as well. But, you know, because of all the technological advancements and because of, you know, Unreal Engine 4 being as powerful as it as it is, we're able to get this level of uh variety you know back in the kingdom hearts you know two days we only had two heartless that we could fight at at an or two types of heartless that we could fight during that crowd battle now there's like there's like all these different shadows and then you got the dusks and then you've got like those big unversed that were in the monsters inc level and then like they got these flying uh, heartless looking things that look like they might be from Hercules. Like there's like all this variety there. And like, and it's not just like variety in types, but also variety in types of fighting that they do. Like dusks fight in a very unique way. And then shadows fight in their own way. And then I'm sure those big old fat unverse fight in their own way. And then you also got those flying heartless and hell, those things can fly. So that's probably fighting in a different way. So I can't wait to see how this goes. And 
you know, also it would be pretty neat if, and I'm assuming like based on what the cutscenes going on, they, they're kind of hinting that maybe Sora, Donald, Goofy, Riku, Mickey, Axel, and Kyrie will potentially all be on screen at the same time fighting with you. And that's just like, Ooh, that'd be so cool. That'd be so cool. Which like, they're kind of like, I don't know, like we can't say for sure yet, but like, if you think about like the stuff that they've been showing off for kingdom hearts three, and like some of the tech they've been pioneering for Kingdom Hearts 3, one of the big additions, especially for Disney Worlds, is having parties that are a little bit larger. So like in Toy Story, for example, you can have a you know, party of five in there, you know, with uh Buzz and Woody in, in your party as well. So, you know, obviously to pump that up to, you know, a full seven, you know, that's that's more than five. We haven't seen any any uh gameplay featuring seven. But there's that, and, like, uh, I can't wait. What I want to see, though, is uh, how Big Hero 6 World handles it. Like, how do they handle the actual team of Big Hero 6? I think it's only going to be, like... It seems so far we're just fighting with Baymax. Baymax and Hero. And then I think the other... I think the party members will probably be, like, uh, uh, Go-Go and probably Baymax himself. It could be something where they like maybe they'll be deployed in different parts of the city and then kind of like in Kingdom Hearts 2 when there was the whole uh trench run and then the randomly fight yeah the final fantasy characters would like show up and then they would fight for you fight with you for a while and then they would leave it might be kind of like that maybe mm-hmm. but uh that'd be pretty neat if they had them all as party members just swap out yeah, that'd be so awesome. That'd like be really cool. e- even if they're like maybe a little simpler like maybe they only have like a couple of attacks like that'd still be pretty cool to fight alongside all of them so can't wait to see that i I also have a sneaking suspicion uh regarding the big hero 6 world i specifically remember tayasue being like yeah my favorite world hasn't even been shown yet and i think he might be refer- he might he may have been referring to at that time the big hero 6 world because Everything that I'm seeing about it, it just seems like such a cool world. Like, that seems like the unsung hero of worlds. Because it's just like this massive city and like all this like detail to it. So, uh, anyway, moving on from there, there was a ridiculously high quality Pirates of the Caribbean cutscene shown with Jack and Davy Jones fighting on the top of a ship in a massive whirlpool in an insanely detailed ocean with foam, like, appearing on top of waves. And I'm just, like, looking at that and being like, what? <laughs> Are you kidding me? Can you say that again? What? <laughs> that is... That's just that was not... that was great, you know. It's it's. I just love how it looks like a CG keep, movie. I'm just mm-hmm. I, that's why I love it. I love how they keep yeah. trying to keep true to the each movies. Absolutely. Now I will just say, you know, this is a cutscene. You know, I, I don't know that we can exactly expect this from, you know, actual gameplay as well. You know, with, with having an ocean that crazy, maybe maybe something similar. You know, we'll have to see, but. I have a slight sneaking suspicion that that might have been a pre-rendered cutscene. Which, to be clear, when I say pre-rendered, I don't mean like they went to Visual Works and Visual Works animated a cutscene, you know, in CG and rendered it out, you know, like they would the like the opening and ending. Not like that. I don't mean that. I mean more like they used the same game engine. They they used Unreal Engine four. They built that scene. 
and then they might have pre-recorded it on like a really high-end PC and then take took that recorded like mp4 file so to speak and then put that into the game and then when that scene plays they just play that video uh namora specifically said that um one of the reasons they can't include multiple language tracks in kingdom hearts 3 is because there's going to be a lot of cutscenes that are like that he said there's a lot of pre-rendered cutscenes and that's what he means uh another example of a cutscene that i suspect is pre-rendered was from the last few trailers that we were seeing that had Axel and Kyrie in I'm I, we don't even really know what that area is might be a part of Destiny Islands but wh- wherever they are where Axel comments on Kyrie's haircut and her outfit that scene is a little bit too high quality a little bit too detailed especially in the environment so that to me feels like that could be a pre-rendered cutscene which would make sense because most likely that cutscene is going to happen while Sora, Donald, and Goofy are somewhere else. So it's probably going to cut to that scene really quickly. So if they were going to do that like live, that would be very difficult, especially these days in terms of loading times. Because to switch to that world, that means they have to unload everything that Sora, uh, from the area that Sora, Donald, and Goofy were in. And they have to reload in all the like trees and grass and lighting and shadows and sky and models and animation for the world that Axel and Kyrie are in. So having that be pre-rendered is a really good thing. I, I also suspect perhaps a lot of Zexion's cutscenes might get pre-rendered because they might be used in the same way where, you know, Zexion's going to be in his little computer room while Sora, Donald, and Goofy are doing whatever, and they might get a phone call from him. And if they want to transition to a scene from Zexion, instead of, like, having that load that room loaded into memory, they might just, like, play a video. So, uh, you know, just, just behind-the-scenes sort of stuff, not too important for your average player. But, you know, if you ever see a random cutscene in Kingdom Hearts 3 that looks a little bit nicer than, you know, your typical garden variety... Uh, Kingdom Hearts cutscene. That might be why. So, anyway, moving on from there, uh, we got to finally see Evil Baymax in motion. Wow! Yes. Yay! About time. We f- yeah, we first saw him like what 2015, and then yep. finally we're seeing him like again. Man, Big Hero Six. The Big Hero Six world is the unsung hero of this game because they waited so long to show that world, and, and it, it for shows good reason why. Too. Yeah, for good reason too. Yeah, it seems like it's been it's definitely been worth it. I can't wait to play that world. That that to me it kind of makes me think like what if like Big Hero 6 is the Peter Pan of this world uh, of this game. And when it I say Peter like if I say Peter Pan I, I say Peter Pan is in like it, it's got flying but also like it could be kind of an important world. Like there might be like actual story substance to it like they, they kind of hinted at it like with that whole uh roxas situation that we saw in the tokyo game show cutscene stuff so that that's just my sneaking suspicion so uh if if big hero 6 ends up being like the final disney world uh don't don't be surprised just saying uh, so yeah, going back to Evil Baymax, uh, the Evil Baymax fight is an aerial battle that takes place as Sora flies on the back of regular Baymax. It seems like uh, ba- Evil Baymax is infected by bug blocks from Recoded. 
which would make sense because it seems like uh, Data Riku is the org organization member for this world. So that would make sense. Uh, moving on from there. Uh, oh, specifically going back to uh, the Winnie the Pooh world that has the little matching game. So it seems like you're matching things like uh, fruits or flowers and just various farming related things. And then uh, I guess the last thing that I have here as a note for the trailer is that we got a full shot of the full organization 13. Yep. Hooded. They're in hoods, but we got to see the full organization 13. And it's very interesting without, without saying anything, it's very interesting to see. Yeah. People theorize on a couple of people. Body, that are, that are body types and poses mm-hmm. and stances and yeah. It's going to make a great reveal once, once we get there. Yeah. I'm just going to say it. They're all nominees. Stop. Good for you, Brandon. <laughs> Good for you, Brandon. Do you think that they'll do a reveal before the game um, comes out? Well, obviously that. Well, uh, oh, uh, like before the game comes out, no, they might reveal someone, but I don't think they need to because, like, honestly, we've seen a lot of. Well, we've honestly seen a lot of them already. Like yeah. we've seen like all the like prior org organization members that, like you know, Lark seen and Vexen and Demix and Syx and. We, we already know about like young master Xehanort and you know Ansem from the first game and Xemnas like that's a lot of people already mm-hmm. and then like maybe Aqua maybe and then Vanitas also and like like how many are even like left that we don't already know so it's like and they got Terra Terranort like that's a, that's probably a different guy maybe I don't know it's confusing welcome to kingdom hearts thanks for realizing (laughs) that's the summary it's confusing i don't get it anyway so just want to do a quick little uh discussion on uh there are some uh some screenshots released recently uh that kind of go over this sort of stuff um that actually show a little bit more stuff in detail actually reveal more characters than we knew about prior uh, for example, Mother Gothel from Tangled uh, also has been shown. She's the evil mother of Rapunzel. And it seems like uh, she's working with uh, Marluxia, which if you remember in the movie, the whole deal was uh, Mother Gothel was conspiring against Flynn Rider and Rapunzel and hiring all these thugs to go after them. So in the case of Kingdom Hearts 3's version of the story, uh, Marluxia is just one of those thugs that she's hiring. And, you know, that seems like a perfect fit for him because he's, you know, he's the merciless assassin, right? So that's like, that that's kind of like his job. Uh, you know, assassin's role is usually the role of a mercenary. So it kind of fits him perfectly. Yep. So can't wait to see how that goes i also want to comment on the fact that so we've talked about it before and you know namora said it in the past that like you know there's not going to be as many disney worlds in this game but 
the Disney worlds that are in this game are going to be way more detailed and way more involved than any other Disney worlds that you have ever experienced in a prior Kingdom Hearts game. And I think what we've seen of Tangled shows this probably the most Mm -hmm. because it seems to me like Tangled straight up looks like it is a full retelling of the movie in its entirety, which usually when it comes to a Kingdom Hearts world, we're coming in like maybe a third of the way in and then we might cover like the last two thirds of the movie or we might come in even like halfway through the movie and then only cover the last part. Like for example, um, Lion King, like we come in right at the end of Lion King pretty much. Like Simba's already is, is in his adult form and the only thing he's got to do is get get confident and go fight scar that's pretty much all that was and like cinderella like they kind of cover different bits and bobs from the movie by way of having ventus aqua and Terra in it but they end up covering not that much from the movie anyway so like this seems like it's one of the first times that in one kingdom hearts world we're going from from the very beginning, you know, we saw it in the Tangle trailer we talked about on last episode, you know, from the very beginning of Rapunzel getting out of her tower all the way up to, you know, the lantern scene, like, that's not where it ends. I'll let you know that. <laughs> that's not how the movie ends. So assuming they go further, it seems like this is going to be the one where they're going to, you know, cover it all. Uh, Moving on from there. Um, there's also a shot of, uh, Maleficent and Pete in Twilight Town. And, uh, Pete says something along the lines of, Ooh, there's a lot of black boxes and all of them end up being the wrong one. Saying that too. Maleficent. That was pretty good. I won't lie. That was really good. Oh, Thank I didn't you. expect, I didn't expect it's that me, you. Pete. <laughs> it's been a while. And unfortunately, I don't think I got to voice Pete at all in the Kingdom Hearts 2 playthrough because I don't think he had any text box dialogue. It was so annoying. So I was saving that one. Uh, let's see. Oh, uh, seems seems like he's got another one. All right, so this one's from the Kingdom of Corona. Let's see if I can do this one. Uh, but where? We have no other choice than to follow him. That was like... Pretty much spot on. I'm so impressed you with you right yeah, now. So, so, so when, whenever they need a new Pete, they're, they're you. Go, I'll, I'll be the new Pete. No problem. So, uh, other than that, they've got some like uh, little blurbs here that explain a little bit more in detail uh, the different different uh, worlds here. Oh, by the way, uh, pa- Pascal and Maximus, the the little. Um, Chameleon. Uh, Chameleon and the horse from Tangled, they're in. I mean, if you're going to yes. cover the whole movie, you got to have them. So. Yeah, for sure. Duh. Yeah, and Pascal looks amazing. You, you just got to look in the in the, uh, in the screenshots. Man, they look, he looks amazing. Anyway, moving on. Uh, so, yeah, Kingdom of Corona's little thing says, uh, The setting of this world is from the movie Tangled. Rapunzel lived in a tower since she was young. She has always hoped to leave and go see her to go by herself and see the lights that appear every year on her birthday. She finally gathers her courage and along the way she encounters Flynn, but her mother Gothel goes after her and it seems Marluxia from organization 13 is willing to help her. Just what is his goal? Question mark. And then hundred acre wood. 
from the Winnie the Pooh series. Sora, who was told by Merlin, hashtag Merlin confirmed, that Pooh's book <laughs> cover changed. Oh, oh, here's the story. Pooh's book cover changed. Decided to visit the Hundred Acre Wood to investigate its cause. A trouble rabbit awaited him there. Okay. Also, by the way, uh, the name of the heffalump is Lumpy. I guess. Lumpy. I, I I guess that's probably like old news for anyone that knows the Winnie the Pooh series. Moving on from there, Twilight Town. Sora went back to the town to search for Roxas, whom he considers to be his alter ego. Teaming up with his friends from his previous adventures, Hainer, Pence, and Olette, they are looking for clues about the other Twilight Town. So I guess uh, Sora's first visit to this place will be, uh, th- that would be the tutorial, and that'll be when he's still in his Kingdom Hearts 2 outfit. And then his return trip will be this storyline, I'm guessing. Uh, Toy Box. The setting of this world is from the movie Toy Story. An unexplained incident arises in Andy's room involving Woody and Andy's toys. Andy and the other toys disappear and seems to add up with the heartless arrival. Monstropolis. Sora steps into the world and becomes a monster. Sully and Mike explain to Sora that Monsters, Inc., is turning the screams of human children into energy. But Randall, who doesn't like Sully, involves Sora and causes causes problems. Okay. So Monstropolis, for example, this seems like it's not covering the full movie. Because by the time Sora, Doll, and Goofy shows up, uh, Boo is already out of her room. And that, that, like, cuts out, like, the whole opening of the movie. So that's interesting that not all of them will be the full movies. Arendelle opens with a snowy mountain where Sora and company are greeted by a chagrined Elsa. Sora is amazed by Alexa's power, or Alexa, (laughs) Elsa's power. You okay there, Brendan? (laughs) Look, I've been using, I've been using my AI assistant for too long. Elsa's powers, but she's chased by the Heartless as Sora tries to help her and uh, he encounters a member of the organization Lark scene. Okay, whatever. So, uh, Arendelle also, not the full movie. Seems like so far the only full movie one is Tangled. Which, surprise, surprise, that's the one where, like, the actual team that helped work on the movie is actually, like, involved and the producers also involved. Surprise, surprise, that's the one getting a lot of treatment is Tangled. Uh, the, uh, setting for the Pirates of the Caribbean world is the Caribbean, uh, from the adventure movie Pirates of the Caribbean, Sora, Donald, and Goofy rowing towards world's end, meet up with Jack Sparrow. Jack explains that he has to beat Davy, defeat Davy Jones, and that he is in a search for a box. Organization member Luxord appears declaring parlays, uh, stating that he is looking for the box. All right, Olympus. Sora, who has lost his powers, searches for a way to recover them. Uh, He came to this world to ask help from Hercules. Maleficent and Pete also came to this world looking for something, a box. There, the encounter with Hades, who wants to take revenge on Hercules, is there. San Francisco! Uh, Sora and his friends are excited to be in a big city, the likes of which Sora has never seen. There, they meet Big Hero 6, a group who stated that they are protecting the city. As they work together as a group with Sora to take down the Heartless, they encounter a strange enemy. Also, the one who stands in front of Sora is a figure donning the black coat, who appears to be Riku! 
There you go. So that's that's pretty much all the worlds from Kingdom Hearts three. Wow. Yeah. Good job, do, do you do you feel like we need any more information about this game? Do we can we just play it already? Yeah, we can. January 29th. So speaking on that, I want to address our podcast and our continued coverage of Kingdom Hearts three. So a bit of news came out that there's going to be a whole bunch more trailers releasing very shortly. Uh, so what I'm planning so far for the series for this podcast is that we will continue covering Kingdom Hearts three news. Uh, remainder of this year basically once we return in january i'm sort of decided that we're just not going to really get into whatever news comes out in january so i have a few reasons so one of them is our target audience is kingdom hearts fans and it is my belief that knowing more can only you know from this point can only serve to cheapen or spoil your experience with the game like, wouldn't it have been nice if, you know, they didn't reveal all these worlds and some of these were surprises? Unfortunately, now we do all know all about these worlds. And yes, I mean, you know, Square Enix does their best to keep things out of context. But what I feel that it does do is it does kind of cheapen the impact of some of these scenes when they do happen. Like, for example, in this in this trailer, one of the big scenes that we see, and I kind of indicated it by prefixing these with the terms spoilery, spoilery, our first one that I said that for was there's this spoilery, spoilery scene of Sora and Chirithi in this like sky based cloud heaven looking area. Like that seems like that is most likely going to be fairly late into the game. Like that is most likely not within the first half of the game. And unfortunately, you know, when you get to a certain point and it could feel, it could feel like a climax of the game, you know, during the middle, you know, you're going to know that there's still more to the game. You're going to know there's still more to it because you saw other things in trailers that you hadn't played yet. You know, let's, let's take Kingdom Hearts 2, for example, let's say hypothetically, it always ended with the thousand heartless battle and they never showed a single thing from anything further in the game. What that would have meant is that all of the world that never was would have been a huge surprise for everybody. Everybody would have been, you know, surprised like, oh, whoa, there's like a whole other half of the game left. There's all these other areas that we've never seen before. And that would have been a huge surprise. Uh, no spoilers. There's there's a lot of stuff in uh, a game I'm playing now, Red Dead Redemption 2. There's a lot of areas that were not shown in trailers that are actually a big surprise and a big departure for the series um stuff that just straight up not shown in trailers and just like bam big surprise i didn't know we would go to a place like this this is awesome i'm really surprised by this i'm really happy that you know we got to or i got to experience this you know without being spoiled by it and and that's kind of where I'm at with Kingdom Hearts 3 at this point is that it's also part of the reason why I decided to read through all of these summaries is to sort of illustrate the point that we know about pretty much everything we're going to go to. And not only do we know the worlds are, we kind of already know what the stories are going to entail. Like, doesn't that kind of suck? Doesn't it suck? We already know that. Why are they yep. doing that? Why are they showing us that? It's just or typical what? Square Enix marketing. We're going to talk a little bit about them, just a level, just a little bit of criticism with the way Scornix is markets their game, but also trying to analyze it to understand it a little bit better and why they're doing it this way. So 
when you make a game like Kingdom Hearts that takes all these many years to make, you know, it takes a lot of effort, not just on the production side, but also on the legal side, like legally getting the rights to use these movies from the perspective of a marketing team. You know, let's say, for example, Pirates of the Caribbean. Why would you go through all that effort to get the rights to use the Pirates of the Caribbean movie, get the rights to use Johnny Depp's likeness, get the rights to use Orlando Bloom's likeness, Kira Knightley's likeness in all of these scenes, make all this beautiful animation, make that beautiful uh, wave simulation. Why would you go through all that effort and not use that content to sell the game? Why would you do that? Now, that's the perspective of someone making the game and trying to sell the game or specifically someone trying to sell the game. I I have a feeling that maybe people making the game, they're more interested in you playing and experiencing that naturally. But in terms of a person that's job is to sell the game and you see that there's all these really cool things in the game, why wouldn't you use every single bit of it that you could to try to sell more copies? So that's, that's sort of that side of the equation. Unfortunately, this comes at the disservice of people that actually keep up with that marketing. They're doing their best to not spoil too many specific things about the plot. And, you know, I applaud them for that. But I'm I'm saying more like it spoils structure of these Disney worlds and it spoils what kinds of things you can expect. I'm not saying what you can expect, but what kinds of things you can expect. They straight up showed a, a shot of Sora and Kyrie sitting on the, you know, the palm tree in Dusty Islands watching a sunset together. Like that says a lot. And even if you get no specific story content out of that, you know from the second you start a new game, you know that scene's going to come. And even if you try to forget, even if you try to bury it, even if, you know, no matter what you do throughout the entire game, as horrible, as dire as the situation may get, as heart-wrenching as any scene may be, until you've seen that scene, you know there's still happy times for Sora yet to come. And that ruins tension. That ruins the anticipation for further things. And I don't care if it doesn't say, you know, specifically like, oh, Sora gets to kiss Kyrie, or, you know, Riku dies, and that's why he's not there. Even if it doesn't say that, because you saw that iconic shot and it is burned into your memory and you can't forget it, you will forever have that in your brain and you'll have that in your brain throughout the entire time you play that. And, you know, regardless of how you feel about it, it is going to take away some of the surprise when that scene does finally come. Because regardless of how you feel about surprise, you know, you will not be as surprised because you have seen it before. So that's, that's my piece on it. And that's, so that's, that's my little soapbox. That's my little rant as to why I, you know, we're going to do our best. We're going to cover it as best as we can throughout the remainder of the month. But because I am interested in my own personal experience with this game, I'm just straight up, uh, just straight up, I'm not watching the trailers after December. And if it was up to me, I would have stopped watching back in September, just straight up. And it is because I don't want my experience of the game that I've been waiting for since you know 2006. I don't want that to be cheapened by the marketing team of the game. And I'm not saying this uh, to be disparaging of them. I think they're doing a great job. I think they're doing their job. Uh, I'm just in a 
kind of difficult situation because I'm the host of a podcast of a game series that I hold dear and I want to experience in a way that is, you know, as natural as possible. And it's hard to do that when, you know, I'm in this position where I have to give you guys the news. So it, it is a conflict for me. So the best resolution that I have is to at least do my best to, uh, take it out for, you know, and, and just cover the news as best as I can for the rest of the year. So what that will end up being is that we probably won't have uh, a news segment for like two episodes. Like it's not a big deal. At the end of the day, when you think about it that way, two episodes worth of no news. Unfortunately, it's probably going to be news on this level. <laughs> it's probably going to be big news. But if you really think about it, is this news at this point or is it just spoilers? And for me personally, it's spoilers. You know, any, I mean, technically any news is spoilers. Any news apart from the release date is spoilers. So like, take it, take, take it as you will. Like, you know, just because we're not covering it doesn't mean you shouldn't watch it. If you, if you don't find, uh, this kind of stuff to cheapen your experience with the game, like that's fair. And that's awesome. Like, please enjoy the content that's out there. In fact, when I finish the game, I do want to go back and watch these trailers. Cause I actually do enjoy watching kingdom hearts, three kingdom hearts trailers. And I actually did that with, uh, with metal gear solid five. Uh, I, I stopped watching the trailers, uh, prior to release because I was noticing he was showing way too much in the trailers. And, uh, yeah, I actually went after I finished the game and went and went back and watched the trailers and was just like, oh my God, I can't believe they showed that too. So that's just where I'm at. And that's, that's, uh, the decision that I've come to, uh, for where the podcast is going to go in January. Now, uh, on the episode following release of kingdom hearts three, you know, we'll do what we typically do. We'll have our spoiler-free review, and then we will have our spoiler cast segment of that show. It's going to be a big show. Hope you guys are excited for it. That's when we get to talk about everything. So it's not that I'm against talking about spoilers, but I'm against talking about pre-release spoilers, uh, especially for people that are anticipating the game, like me and like all of you. So that's where we're at. So uh, let's move to the question segment. I think we have time for one of these questions. Uh, Our first question comes from Rodney Boatwright. And Rodney asks, So what do you think about Radiant Garden being a DLC world and not being playable in Kingdom Hearts 3's main game? I personally would be fine with it. They could do data battles and another Cavern of Remembrance area of, of parts of the castle that have yet to be seen. Or maybe even DLC of all the original Organization 13's backstories in Radiant Garden before joining the organization. Let me know what you think. And if it's something that uh, should or could be done. Sure, what do you think about Radiant Garden being like a potential think, DLC I world? Just, I think it would be a waste of a DLC, to be honest. Because like, it will be so weird to put a world as a DLC. When it, yeah. You know... That's the one of the things I don't really get when people say, oh, this world should be DLC, but it's like, well, how would it fit in within the storyline? Yeah. Yeah, that's a yeah. good, that, that is a good point. Um, yeah, for Kingdom Hearts, it, it, I, I, well, I think it really depends on how does Kingdom Hearts 3 end. If it ends very definitively, 
in such a way that you know maybe they wouldn't be able to go to Radiant Garden at that time, then yeah, that would be really weird. Why the heck would you put a world in the middle of the story? Like that would that would be terrible for it to be optional. It would have to be a world that's already included with what the base game has in order to make it work. Yeah, if it's something, yeah, exactly. And that's kind of like if you think about it, that's how Final Mix handled it for uh, Kingdom Hearts Two Final Mix. They added content into a world that was already there. That's how it worked. Was Radiant Garden was already there, and they and then they just added to it. They just added some extra parts to it. So yeah. honestly, I don't think they should because putting D a world a world DLC to me would not make sense and it would not fit it, and it would just be like you know cut content putting getting put back in it's like what why yeah it's, it's annoying there's no relevance for it anyways it's got to be something common like you know extra bosses or weapons or costumes you know it's yeah. got to be something within that i don't see putting a, a, a new world would be really beneficial to all to anybody because everybody be questioning why well why isn't this wasn't in this in the first place in the case of uh mass effect uh like mass effect 2 and mass effect 3 they had they had uh story content that would be uh injected into the middle of the story but uh with the mass effect games they're mission based you know, they're like, you know, a typical like Western RPG where they're missions. So the the kind of issue with Kingdom Hearts is that Kingdom Hearts does at least the way it, the current format of Kingdom Hearts is Kingdom Hearts really doesn't do side quests. So because of that, it kind it's kind of weird to integrate something into the main story because with Kingdom Hearts, you know, <laughs> for better and for worse, Everything is important canon absolutely needs to be in even if it's recoded. So because of that, because of the current structure of Kingdom Hearts, I think I agree with you, Churro. It'd be kind of difficult. If Kingdom Hearts had more of a like a mission-based structure where things were a little bit more non-linear and some missions were optional and some weren't, then having a, something like this that's optional that could work you know when you look at when you look at something like final fantasy 15 with the royal edition yeah they added uh like a a new area within you know insomnia yeah that's that's that feels like cut content that feels rough you know right (laughs) but uh yeah if if you know let's say hypothetically you know you get to the altitia portion of the game and then like oh hey knocked you know, this is DLC guy. Hey, Noct, uh, I got a, I got a boat, and th- there's this island that, hey, I think you want to check it out. And then, you know, you, you get on the boat in Eltisha, and you go to this other island, and then, you know, maybe you get a summon there. Okay, great. Like, and, and that's the end of it. You come back, and you get you carry on with the story. That's kind of how the Mass Effect 3 stuff was. It was usually that... You know, in like Mass Effect 2, for example, the way they would usually set it up is you'd get an email. Uh, You know, usually it'd be someone who hacked into your terminal and sent you an email or like bought your information on the black market or sent it to the elusive man who's like your 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 boss in Mass Effect 2. And like through various channels, got an email to you and was like, hey, 
you know, meet me on the Citadel at this time. And, you know, I'm in a really desperate situation or, you know, oh, my boy's ship, it was lost. What happened? I don't know. Help me. And, and like most of the game's missions are structured kind of like that. So having another one that you download into it to add on, it, it, it didn't negatively impact the flow of the story. And none of it was like main story content either. It was just like kind of side stuff that, you know, feels additional, but was also very like well contained. So yeah, I'm definitely of the mind that not in Kingdom Hearts 3, but if in a future Kingdom Hearts game, that sort of thing could be done, then yeah. I mean, another example would be Fallout with the uh, DLCs. Yep. Because yep. essentially, exactly. essentially exactly. you load up Elder, into Elder a new Scrolls area. is the same too. Yeah. So I mean, like, but but those are but those are like quests within a quest, you know, type exactly. of things. If Kingdom Hearts started to introduce more, like you said, side quests that would allow that to happen, then it could work. But in the like you, but you already stated in the current structure where everything's more like a linear path. Exactly. It's just not going to work. It just won't feel right. It won't work right. Or maybe Kingdom Hearts 4 and beyond. If Nomura decides to start adding in side quests, maybe, but we'll have to see. I mean, if a future game takes on more of a structure and I hate to say it, but takes on more of a structure like union cross, then yes, absolutely. They could do it. Because with Union Cross, there's all kinds of side quests like that. Like, there's always, like, random events where it's like, oh, the random, like, bunch of nerds that you hang out with in in daylight, uh, Daybreak Town. They have, a, like, a summer vacation mission that's, like, 13 episodes long. Like, they just recently had a Halloween one with them. And that is kind of like that, where it's, like, a side quest that is completely optional and... You know, you play it for the 13 missions that it has, and then it's done. Like, that's something a future Kingdom Hearts game could adopt. I hope it doesn't, at least not in that way. I don't like the way, <laughs> I don't like the way Union Cross is structured, but that is a possibility. Just saying, you know, they have done it. So, but yeah, like we've said, not possible in the current uh, setup. Uh, but, uh, if they go along the routes of like Kingdom Hearts 2 Final Mix and add stuff like that to an existing world, that could work, I think. So we'll have to see. Like They've obviously said they're interested in DLC, so we'll have to see what kind of form that takes and how much of that content is going to be story-based, especially since they've just canceled uh, three major DLCs for Final Fantasy XV that were story-based. And a big uh, news article kind of came out saying that, oh, hey, turns out story-based DLC doesn't sell, which makes me very sad because that's the only DLC I buy. And that's the only DLC I like and accept. Makes me very scared for the future of games. I can't wait until Kingdom Hearts 3 is out and then I can give up on video games. <laughs> Just right. kidding. But that that like anytime I see something like that, and anytime you know Square Enix is like, "Yep, we're firing Tabata, and we're gonna," that that was the weirdest thing is that they fired Tabata, you know, for having and canceled all the the story DLC that he was working on, but then also doubled down and said, "We're gonna go even harder on this format of 
releasing games as a service and releasing specifically additional content, ongoing content, ongoing monetizable content for HD games. And they didn't call them MMOs. They're talking about single player experiences. So it's like fire the guy that's doing that, but also double down on the thing he was doing. Very confusing. I don't understand business. Anyway, the music for this episode, speaking of more chill topics, uh, the music for this episode comes from uh, Supermove on YouTube. Uh, Supermove actually emailed me with uh, th- this cover. Really cool. He, he's he got this, uh, so he's, a am guessing, a DJ and uh, composer and stuff like that, and he does challenge videos where he takes, uh, you know, different songs, request challenges, and uh, does remixes of them. So this is a uh, Synthwave remix of Fate of the Unknown, and I don't know Synthwave. I know Vaporwave. I'm guessing this is similar, but basically it's like a very 80s feel techno-y remix. I'm sure that's a really terrible way of explaining that, but that's the way I'm explaining it. Sorry. Just sit back and enjoy it. It's really good. And our next episode of Kingdom Hearts Union is scheduled for the 4th of December. So that'll be 4th of December. And then I'm guessing maybe after that, we'll have the 17th of December. Something, Something like, that. like that. So we'll, we'll have, so basically like pretty much we got two more episodes of news and then two episodes of la 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 la. I'm not listening. Blah, 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 la la la. That's, that's what we're going to be doing. Or at least that's well, what I'm going to be doing. Well, yeah, for you, but for me, I gotta, I gotta keep going with this. Good I'm luck. Probably, probably, I'm probably gonna be spoiled after the Japanese version is released. Anyway, oh yeah, so. exactly. I'm actually kind of wondering, like, like I'm thinking, like maybe I should just get the Japanese version and play that first. Like, I'm not gonna understand most of it, but dang, like, hey, good, good lesson for you. Uh, yeah, good lesson. Like, I, like for example, I was like actually like looking through these um, screenshots that they just released, the ones that we talked about, like of uh, Marluxia and Flynn Rider and Gothel and all that. And I could actually like, like if I actually sat here and read them, I can read these more or less. There's some kanji I don't know, but like I can read it more or less but if they're speaking at the speed they normally speak at I don't think I can keep up that's my fear that's why I was kind of hoping that I would play the English version first that way I would get like a general gist of what's going on and then play it a second time in Japanese and I was thinking of doing it in English on Xbox One X and then buying the Japanese version on PlayStation 4 that's my, that's kind of my plan that's not changing so we'll see how that goes. So anyway, uh, as always, if you guys like the show, please subscribe to us, Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts Union on the iTunes store. Just search for Kingdom Hearts and we're number one. Yay. And of course, you can catch every episode at KingdomHeartsUnion.com or Kingdom Hearts Union's Twitter, which is at Cage Union. And remember, as always, if you guys like the show, please consider supporting us on Patreon at patreon.com slash FFKHUnion. And if you have any questions for us, please send them to khuquestions at gmail.com. All right, guys. It is that time again. It is goodbye time. Already? 
already. It's been a long episode, but it's a bit of a long episode. Okay, <laughs> I know, right? I was like, oh my so gosh. I hope you guys enjoyed it because, like, we got a lot of news. So I hope you enjoyed it. Yeah. Well, supposedly the next episode be around should be around the time of the Barcelona games where Shinji Hashimoto is going to be at. So could I'm so see scared. The other there? I'm so scared of what we'll he's going to show. Don't show too much. <laughs> watch it. Watch it. Have face my fears. I'm kind of hoping that they don't show face my fears before our last episode of this month. And that way I can completely avoid it. Oh, that's my hope. I mean, going based on the schedule, I'm just looking at what's on the schedule. Our next episode's the fourth. And then the episode after that's the 18th, right? Isn't yep. jump Festa. Isn't that supposed to be like the 22nd, 23rd? Something like that. No, I, I think I think it's earlier than that. Dang it! <laughs> what a I, I think it, I think it's I think it's that weekend. No, that means I no, have wait, to no, watch wait, it. no wait, no wait, no wait. You're, I'm wrong. It, it's from the 21st to the 23rd. Thank so God, we, I'm gonna avoid it. I'm gonna avoid all of that. Because I bet you, I bet you that's gonna have face my fears in it, and my my kind of like inner hope, my inner desire, is that. I, my first time hearing face my fears will be when I start the game. If I can do that, I would want that. Just give me this one non-spoiler. Please, just give me this one thing that I don't have to see in advance. I don't want to watch the opening of this game on YouTube. Marketing team, last time you released 0.2, why'd you do that? I didn't want to watch it on YouTube. Then why'd you watch it? Because I had to cover it. That's why, so... Anyway, moving on. (laughs) Say your goodbyes, guys. Bye, guys. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time. Thanks, guys. See you soon. And I'm Brandon saying goodbye. This has been a KingdomHeartsUnion.com production. (laughs) 